welcome to the ministry of Bishop Alan Kuna. He is the founder and general overseer of the vibrant Jubilee Christian Church globally, a thriving assembly of several church branches in Africa, United Kingdom, Canada, and the U.S. of A. His vision is to teach, train, and equip the body of Christ with the word of faith so that the believer can live a victorious life. He is a shepherd, a prolific author who spent down numerous life-transforming books, a dynamic teacher, an authentic mentor, pastor to pastors, and a conference speaker whose ministry has impacted millions around the globe. His numerous books, teachings, and newspaper columns have challenged the thinking in the body of Christ and beyond with outstanding outcomes. Bishop Alan Kuna is happily married to Reverend Kathy Kuna, and together they are blessed with three wonderful children and three grandchildren. His is a story of grace to grace, lifting through submission to authority and mind transformation. There is no enchantment against Jacob, neither is there any divination against Israel. For the Lord has said, look what I have done. With a standing ovation, ladies and gentlemen, let's welcome the visionary of Jubilee Christian Church, Bishop Alan Kuna. Let's get into the word of God. Let's get into the word of God. I'm in the book of uh, Luke chapter number four. I'm in the book of Luke chapter number four. And today is an anointing service. Um, so I'm just going to talk about anointing for assignment. Uh, but uh, we are still talking about prophetic destiny. We are still talking about the prophetic destiny. I'm so honored to be in Ghana at a time such as this. The Bible says in the book of Luke chapter four and verse 16, verse 16, verse 16 of Luke four, the Bible says, so he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up, and as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on Sabbath day and stood up to read. And he was handed the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place. Everybody say, found the place. Amen. He found the place where it is written, the spirit of the Lord God is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable ear of the Lord. Verse 20. Then he closed the book and gave it back to the attendant and sat down. And all the eyes were on all the eyes were fixed on him. And he began to say to them, Today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. Let us pray. Our dear loving Father, in the name of Jesus, I want to thank you for the opportunity you've granted to us to be able to bring to the people of God the word of God. Thank you, Father, because indeed we are equipped, oh God, by your grace to be able to minister life. And as I minister life today, let somebody who needs a miracle receive a miracle. Let somebody who needs a turnaround receive a turnaround. Lord, let, your, let the Spirit of God brood over the word of God. And empower that word to bring miracles, signs, and wonders. We thank you because our lives will never be the same again. And everybody say amen. Amen, amen and amen. Hallelujah. Somebody say amen. amen. Yesterday we began to talk a little bit. We just took a, 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 a few minutes to talk about the anointing. And we say that the anointing is divine empowerment that comes from the Holy Spirit. 
to empower us for our, you know, for in, our, in our place of assignment. And uh, it's critical and important for us to understand that the anointing is not just supposed to be for those who are in the pulpit. But everybody in their area of assignment, whether in the marketplace or you're in the pulpit, you are supposed to be anointed and you're supposed to receive the grace to function. Now, in the Old Testament, in the Old Testament, the Bible says that kings and priests were the ones who were anointed. So the anointing was for kings and for priests. But in the New Testament, in the New Testament, the Bible says in the book of uh, uh, Revelation 1 and verse 6, that God has made us all to be kings and priests. So we function in kingship and we function in the priesthood. In fact, Peter says that we are the royal priesthood. We are the chosen nation. We are a royal, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people that have been called out of darkness into his marvelous light so that we can show forth the excellencies of the one who, have, who has called us. And therefore, God intended for each and every one of us to experience or to receive the anointing of the Holy Spirit so that we can function with unction in wherever it is that we are supposed to operate or to represent God. Can somebody say amen? amen. I say, can somebody say amen? amen? So it's critical for us, ladies and gentlemen, to be able to receive and to download that anointing. So what is an anointing? Write this down for those who are taking notes. An anointing means to smear thoroughly with oil, to rub with oil. When we talk about the anointing, we talk about smearing uh, thoroughly with oil. To rub and to apply oil as a sacred ritual and as a sign of consecration. As a sign of consecration. So when, when you're talking about the anointing, we are talking about uh, 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 you know, a Christian ordinance that has been given to us to consecrate ourselves and to set ourselves by this, uh, uh, by this, uh, uh, by, by this particular oil as a symbol of our consecration for the work of, that God has called us to do. So in the Christian context, it's important for us to understand that the oil, the oil that we are anointed with, as we anoint ourselves with oil, what actually is happening is that we are believing by faith that as the anointing hits our head and as we pour that oil on our head, there is an unction of the Holy Spirit that comes and sits on us. Can somebody say amen? Because you see, the rituals in church, they are not just uh, things that we do so that we can, you know, we can just say, you know, we took the communion and we, we, we partook of the communion. There is power that is hidden in every ordinance that is supposed to be done in the church. Can somebody say amen? And pastor has alluded to this and he said, when you come to church on Sunday morning, what actually you're coming for is to partake grace, is to partake anointing, is to partake power so that as you go into the marketplace or as you go in your place of assignment, what has happened here in church, you can be able to go out there in the marketplace and function on a higher dimension. Somebody say amen. So every time you gather in the house of God, Pastor, you've said it so powerfully, and I just love your wisdom. You have such incredible wisdom. It's where you come to receive servicing so that you can receive a downloading of grace that will position you in a place of advantage when you go into the marketplace. What am I saying? That you should get results. You should get better results in the marketplace than the heathen. 
And Jesus alluded to, to that. What did Jesus say? He says, abide in me. If you abide in me and I abide, ab abide in you, he said, you shall be able to bear much more fruit. You shall be able to bear much more fruit. And then he continued say, and said, by this is my father glorified if you bear much fruit. Ladies and gentlemen, the will of God is for you to be productive. The will of God is for you to be fruitful. Am I talking to somebody here today? But for you to be productive and to be fruitful, it is going to take an unction that helps you operate at a higher dimension than anybody else in the, in, the, in the office. Somebody say hallelujah. So when we come to the anointing, it's critical for us to be able to know that they, indeed we need to have the oil of the Spirit on our head. We need to have the enablement, the empowerment of the Holy Spirit so that we can get the job done. So in the book of Acts, chapter number one. Jesus tells the, tells the disciples, don't go preaching, but stay in Jerusalem. Stay in the upper room for a couple of days because I want to pour out my spirit upon you. I want to release my power. I want to em enable you to be able to go out there and get the job done. And the Bible says that uh, when the Holy Spirit came upon them, Peter who was a coward, Peter who was, a, who was uh, intimidated by a little girl, the Bible says that he received power and he received an anointing that in the first meeting he ever preached, 3,000 people got saved. Somebody say amen. How could that have been possible? The anointing. Somebody say the anointing. So today we are trusting God that as we pray for you, we are not just doing a, a ritual. We are not just doing a ritual. We are releasing something on your life. I said we are releasing something on your life. That as we pray here this evening, you're going to receive a download of, of anointing. That when you go into the marketplace, as you step into your place of assignment, you shall have power. You shall have resource. You shall be productive. I refuse for each, uh, any one of you to struggle. I say I refuse for you to struggle. By reason of the anointing, you shall get supernatural results. I say by reason of the anointing, you shall get supernatural results. Can somebody say amen? Now let's go to the scripture where we read in the book of Luke chapter number 4 because of time. The Bible says that Jesus goes to the wilderness and he prays for 40 days. His time of ministry has come. But before he ever starts the ministry, the first thing he does is that he goes into the wilderness and he spends 40 days led of the spirit to pray and to wait on God. When he comes out of the spirit, the Bible, out of the wilderness, excuse me, the Bible says that he was full of the Holy Ghost. He had unlocked something in his life. Now, Jesus did not start his ministry until he was 30 years old because, in, uh, because uh, he was not allowed to be a priest. Not one in Israel was supposed to be a priest until he got to the age of 30. So he had to fulfill the law of Moses because Jesus did not come to do away with the law of Moses. He came to fulfill the law of Moses. Am I talking to somebody here today? So Jesus did not break the law of Moses. So he waited until he was 30. After he was 30, he goes to a wilderness. He prays. He comes back and the Bible says he, go to the, he goes to the synagogue as his custom was. So it tells me that as a young man growing up, he grew up in church. He grew up in the synagogue. He grew up at, at, at the word. He grew up listening to teachers and ministry. You can never come to the place where you don't need to be in a place where you're, you're being taught the word. So the Bible says he goes into the temple and he, he gets the he gets the uh, he is given the role those days the books are, or rather the the, the 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 law was in a role so he took takes the role and the bible says he looks for the place he looks for the place so the place doesn't open he locates the place where it is written he finds the place where it is written because ladies and gentlemen the first thing that you have to do if you're going to operate in the power of the holy ghost is that 
that you must know what the word of God says about your assignment. You must find yourself in the word of God. I say you must find yourself in the word of God. The Bible says in the book of Hebrews chapter 10 and verse number 7. He says, I come in the volume of the books. It is written of me to do your will. There is something that God has said about your life. And you must be able to locate it in his book. Somebody say amen. There is a scripture that talks about your life. There are things that God has dictated in the volume of the books. Now, And you must be able to find it. And be able to locate it. That's why the word of God must be a friend to you. Somebody say amen. He finds the place where it is written. He finds the place where it is written. And what is written there? We just read it in a, in a few minutes. He finds the place where it's written. The spirit of the Lord God is upon me. Because he has anointed me. He has anointed me. Now wait a minute Jesus. Jesus I thought you are the son of God. Jesus I thought you are the one who spoke. And everything came into being. I thought you are the one who's the, who commanded the stars. And the stars started to shine. I thought you are the one who spoke. And the birds began to fly. I thought you are the one who spoke. And mountains appeared. And rivers began to flow. How come you need the spirit of God to be able to anoint you because the key the thing is this is that when Jesus came to the earth yes he was fully God but the Bible says that he made himself of honor reputation he took on the likeness of a man and became obedient even obedient unto death because Jesus so that he can teach us and show us how it is done he had to put aside his divinity take on his humanity operate under the anointing so that it can show us how it can be done when you are under the anointing am i making myself clear because if you operated in his divinity then we are disqualified to be able to operate like that because we are not divine but if he was operating as a human under the anointing then it is possible for me as well to be operating under the same anointing and command the same results i don't know who i'm talking to here today so jesus put down his his his, uh, his divinity the bible says uh, he though it was not robbery for him to be equal with god yet he took on the likeness of a man. He took on the flesh. He suffered like a man. He felt what you feel. He went through what you went through. He was rejected like you're rejected. He was embarrassed like you're embarrassed. He was hungry like you get hungry. But because of the anointing, devils had to disappear. Blind eyes had to open. Demonic spirit had to go by reason of the anointing of God. Oh, give your neighbor a high five and tell them I'm anointed. Oh, come on, somebody say I'm anointed. By reason of the anointing, Jesus would raise the dead. By reason of the anointing, Jesus would command the seas and the seas would stop to be, to be able to move. He had to operate under the anointing so that you and I can be able to copy and see what it is that he did and we can command the same results. That's why the church in the book of Acts number 2, sit down for two minutes. That's why the church in Acts number 2, what were they doing? They received the same endowment of the Holy spirit and when Peter and John went to the gate called beautiful and found a cripple uh, they said under the same anointing that our Jesus was under that is the same anointing we are and they looked at the cripple they said silver and gold have I none but such as I have will I give unto you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth rise up and walk and today I came all the way from Nero 
Roby to let somebody know that in the name of Jesus, pain is about to disappear. Poverty is about to be broken. Failure is about to be dealt with. Failure is about to be broken. Every spirit of oppression is about to break down. Somebody say, yeah. Oh, touch your neighbor, tell my neighbor, I'm anointed. Sit down for two minutes. Let me take this thing a little bit. Let me talk to us. And therefore, ladies and gentlemen, God never intended for humanity to be dominated by the devil, to be oppressed by spirits, for the devil to be walking on all of us. He never intended for us to be running away from witches and running away from, uh, uh, from all, manner of, uh, all manner of people. We are anointed so that we can face the witches in the village who have people in, in, in oppression and tell them by the reason of the anointing witches have no power sorcerers are defeated people that thought have kept people in captivity we stand under the anointing to break those spirits because ladies and gentlemen we are not just speaking in tongues in church we are going to our communities and bringing a revolution I don't know who I'm talking to here today but God is about to send you back from where you came from to bring a revolution under the anointing. Shout yeah! Woo! Hallelujah! Somebody say amen. I said somebody say amen. Somebody say power. Come on, somebody say power. You know, I just got a testimony uh, from one of the ladies in back at home. Uh, my wife is having a conference, uh, and, and there was this Ghanaian lady, powerful prophetess, uh, by the name of Leslie Osei. And she stood and started to pray and say that the fire of God is about to burn every enemy around you. You know, every enemy around you. And this lady is back at home, up country, watching this, uh, and she said, Fire, fire, fire. And suddenly she she smelled smoke. She smelled smoke. She went to look out. There's a neighbor who has been who has been practicing witchcraft, and this neighbor has been a thorn in the side of this particular sister girl. As she was saying, fire! The house got on fire. I said the house got on fire. I said the house got on fire. She wasn't even in the meeting. She was watching online and the house got fire. Let me tell you this. Under this anointing, every witchcraft, everyone that has stood against your life, we are calling fire. I say fire. Somebody shot fire. Somebody shot fire. See down for two minutes. They have tried to frustrate you, but in the name of Jesus, by reason of the anointing, we are dealing with them in the realm of the spirit. I say we are dealing with them in the realm of the spirit. We've been too nice. I say we've been too nice. They have to come to Jesus. And their frustration has to come to an end. We terminate every frustration. And we decree and declare, by reason of the anointing, you are entering into your prophetic destiny. Somebody say, yeah. Somebody say, yeah. Every principality that has stood against you. The Bible says we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but we wrestle not but against principalities and powers and spiritual wickedness in high places. By reason of the anointing, we pull down principalities that are sat on your destiny. And by reason of the anointing, we are saying you're getting higher. I say you're going higher. I say we are going higher. Somebody shout, yes! Yeah, 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 yeah. 
Somebody say, I'm anointed. Sit down, let me talk to you. So what does the anointing do? The anointing, write this down. The anointing will give you favor for open doors. The anointing will give you favor for open doors. You know the doors you've been trying to get through? By reason of the anointing tonight. I said tonight. I said tonight. By reason of the anointing tonight. Lift up your hand and shout tonight. Tonight we are opening doors. I said we are opening doors of opportunity. You shall go through that door. I said you shall go through that door. The anointing gives you favor. Why? Because the anointing of God, when it's upon your head, it makes you to shine. It makes you to shine. Do you realize that in the realm of the spirit, I say in the realm of the spirit, when you're anointed, your head shines. You are noticeable in the spirit. Your head is shining because of the oil. Somebody say favor. May favor come upon you. I say may favor come upon you. Favor for open doors. Favor for opportunities. Favor to move forward. Favor for speed. I say favor for speed. Can I tell you the overtaking anointing is upon you? I said the overtaking anointing is upon you. You shall run with speed. You shall overtake. You shall recover all. Shout yes. Say yes. One more time. Say yes. Mm. Sit down for a minute. Mm. Somebody say I'm anointed. Come on somebody say I'm anointed. So are we, we are going to pray today, and I'm not going to be long. I'm going to finish quickly so that we can pray. That whatever you need, the doors you need in the open, uh, in the marketplace, and the people that you need to connect with, by reason of the anointing, you shall not look for, you, for them. They shall look for you. I said they shall look for you. I said they shall look for you. Somebody shout, I'm anointed. Pastor, Pastor, Pastor Eric, I don't know if you visited my house. Did you come to my home? You did. That home, when, when I was looking for that land in that neighborhood, the owner of that entire area had told me he doesn't have land. But I went to God. I said, God, I need land. And I don't want just a small land. Because the kind of house I wanted to build for my wife cannot sit on half an acre. It can only sit on one acre. Because I needed to build a suspended swimming pool. Hakatosa, Tayadosa. You know, a suspended swimming pool. I need to build a big house that will make the devil feel mad. I needed to, I needed to embarrass the devil. Embarrass everyone that has talked about a man of God. Embarrass them in the name of Jesus. Can I declare to you, you are about to embarrass some people that have, that have looked down upon you. I say you are about to embarrass them in the name of Jesus. Shout amen. Sit down, let me give you my testimony. Hallelujah prophet and so I, I kept praying and uh, the more I prayed I could sense there's something that is building up in the realm of the spirit one day I got a prophetic instruction from prophet Banadosu don't know if you know he's in he's in Holland he came to town I tell you people are so blessed man Ghanaians you're so blessed I don't even think you know how blessed you are and he's preaching in a meeting and I attend the meeting and he looks at me and says sir go see your spiritual authority with one million shillings one million shillings is about $10,000. Put it at our feet and watch what God will do. And he continued preaching. My goodness me, prophetic instruction. Somebody say prophetic instruction. Amen. I received that word. I went and emptied my bank. That was all that was there. It was the first time in my life when I had $10,000 together in my bank account. 2003. That was the first time. Uh, 2005. First time, man. 
So I take the offering. Sacrifice. Because there are things that are provoked by sacrifice. Let me, let me help you. And I don't know what I'll preach on Sunday, but let me help you. Prosperity doesn't answer to prayer. Uh, yeah, it doesn't answer to prayer. Prosperity is not in the prayer matrix. Power, anointing, favor is in the prayer matrix. Prosperity answers to understanding how to activate the anointing by seed. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. That is the, uh, that is the matrix in which prosperity is found. It's found in the matrix of hard work and diligence. And that is a whole different thing. So you find intercessors who pray so much, but they are broke. Because they think that prayer will activate financial prosperity. It's in another realm. I say is in another realm. It's like you can be having a charger for an Android phone, but it's not going to charge an iPhone. So you must be able to get the right charger for your phone. If you want to experience prosperity, you must be able to get the charger that will bring prosperity into your life. Am I talking to somebody here today? So many people are in church frustrated because they are rebe, 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 rebe. they come out of there, they are broke. That's why many intercessors are broke. And please excuse me. It's because they think rebe, rebe, rebe will work. No. Rebe, rebe, rebe will release favor, will release anointing. But until you put a seed on the ground, you can rebe, rebe all you want, but there will be no prosperity coming your way. Somebody say amen. I need to teach you that because you have to understand what works. You have to understand how to work what works. We can be having the right phone with the wrong charger. Are you hearing me? So I took a seed of $10,000. I laid it at the feet of my mother. She prayed and released an anointing for, for, for increase. Let me tell you, that same week, the same man who had told me there's no land in the entire of that region, of that area, and the guy had over 300 acres, but he had told me there's no land. That day, he, uh, sorry, one week later, he calls me. And he says, I had rented one of his houses, which was whatever, which was a bit far. He said, come to my office. I, I drove to his office with my wife. He, we sat down. He removed maps. He said, I had left two acres for my children. I have four children. And I had left two acres so that each child can get half, 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 half. But he said, my children have told me they have no desire to build next to me. This was the choicest land I had left for my children. And then he looked at me and said, I love the way you treat your wife. And I love the way you're such an amazing couple. Serving God. Somebody say favor. Come on, somebody say favor. He says, just because of the way you treat your wife and the way you are amazing. Go and look at the land and tell me if you like it. And then he says something. He said, everybody, I sell them half an acre. Because I don't like them to buy for speculation. I want them to buy to build. But as for you, I will sell you one acre as for you. Because I just want to give you one acre. Go and check it out. It's just next to my house and see if you like it. Pastor Eric, it was the most beautiful land. Because when God wants to bless you, he doesn't bless you with the land where we have to come looking for you with a torch. He blesses you so good. So that all your neighbors can see and can declare, look what the Lord has done. Tonight that anointing is here. I say tonight that anointing is here. I say tonight that anointing is here. Lift up your hand and shout, favor! Hey! Hey man, sit down for a minute. Ladies and gentlemen, one month later, we paid for the land sweatlessly. Yeah, sweatlessly, I tell you. Sweatlessly. You know there's a dimension where sweatless becomes your name. Hallelujah. You buy cars sweatlessly. 
you build house sweatlessly. You don't have to call anybody for anything. They just see you entering house and they are wondering what's going on. It's called the anointing of favor when it's upon you. And tonight, we are releasing the sweatless grace. I said, we are releasing the sweatless anointing. Listen, I am not saying this to excite you. I stand here as a prophet of God to announce that heaven is lining up to bless you. And you are entering a prophetic destiny. Raise your hands and shout hallelujah. Shotoko talabo shata. Reprakadesa. You shall experience it in the name of Jesus. Somebody say amen. amen. Let me finish my testimony. Sit down. So we started to build. We started to build, sir, on January of 2008. January of 2008. My wife is amazing. She's, she's a little bit crazy. So she went all the way. I tell you, she was looking for the best mahogany in the whole, in the whole uh, continent of Africa. We had to bring mahogany from DRC. You know, uh, Democratic Republic of Congo, they have the best uh, mahogany. We had to ship it in with, with, uh, with uh, trailers and store it up there. She was looking for everything everywhere. And every time I would, I would say, honey, what are, how are we going to do this? My spiritual mother told me, son, buy, build a house you cannot afford. Because if you can afford it, then you will never give glory to God. So we built a house you couldn't afford. 18 months later, we were in that house, debt-free, having borrowed nothing. Finished it, and it's amazing. Can somebody say amen? I say it's amazing. Are you hearing what I'm saying? What is that? Is the anointing for favor. You saw the village which I came from. It was shown here. That is where I came from. And the reason why I don't stop talking about it is to give somebody hope. I don't want to hide it. I don't want to hide my story. I want you to know that if God can lift this guy, he can do it for you. I say he can do it for you. Somebody shout the anointing. Somebody shout the anointing. Sit down. Let me share with you a couple of things that are important. Number one, the anointing makes available the power of God of accomplishing particular tasks. The anointing makes available the power of God to accomplish tasks. Number one. Number one, it, it helps you to accomplish a particular task. Number two, the anointing turns uncommon people into, uh, uh, it turns common people into uncommon people. You remember Saul? When Saul was anointed, the Bible says, he began to prophesy. And they asked, is Saul also among the prophets? Number three, the anointing will guarantee the defeat of demonic plans in your life. Every demonic agenda that the enemy has set against you. The Bible says when the enemy comes in like a flood, the spirit of God will raise a standard. That is what the anointing does. Is that it lifts you above the agendas of the enemy and delivers you into a place of prophetic destiny. Can somebody say amen? Number four is the anointing will teach you and guide you. The anointing will teach you and guide you. In the book of 1 John chapter 2 and verse 27, the Bible says, But the anointing which you have received abideth in you, and you do not need any man to teach you. But that same anointed teaching, anointing teaches you all things, and is truth and is not a lie. Amen. Number four, four or five, the next one. The anointing enables you to follow God and apply kingdom principles in your place of an assignment no matter the price. When you're anointed, you are able to move into your assignment without wor worrying about the price because the anointing energizes you. 
energizes you. Number uh, the next point, the anointing empowers you. The anointing empowers you to be to serve other people. The anointing empowers you to serve other people. The Bible says in the book of Acts chapter ten and verse eight, how God anointed Jesus Christ with the Holy Ghost and power, who went about doing good and healing all those who were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. Number next point, the anointing is for your enthronement and establishment. It's for your enthronement and for establishment. Yeah, like uh, Pastor has just talked about David. David had to be anointed so that he can be uh, enthroned as a king and established. The next point is that the anointing will give you divine speed and escalations. It will give you divine speed and escalations. The next point is that the anointing generates in you the boldness for pursuit. I know I'm going fast because I have a few minutes and then we pray. It gives you the boldness for pursuit. The next point is that the anointing opens for you dimensional doors, dimensional doors, and causes you to ascend to higher places of authority in the mighty name of Jesus. Can somebody say amen? Mm -hmm. How do you receive the anointing? How is the anointing received? Number one is by walking in love. You, everything that you will ever receive from God is a function of walking in love. So as we pray for you and as we pray that the anointing is released upon your life, may your heart be willing to, re, to love everybody around you. Walking in love means that you're not competitive. Somebody say amen. Walking in love means that you're not trying to compare yourself with, a, with somebody else. You know, one of the things that we, we must kill in Africa is the thing of envy and jealousy. Where we feel like if you rise up, Prophet Dominic, you will overshadow what God is doing in my life. I have come to realize something. What God has prepared for you, I cannot get. And what God has prepared for me, you cannot get. So I can celebrate you in your blessing because my blessing is on the way. And let me tell you, when you see God bless your neighbor, you better rejoice because he's in the neighborhood. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Oh yeah, you know that one. He's in the neighborhood. And when he moves from your neighbor, guess where he's coming? To your house. Amen. Can somebody say amen? amen? So never get jealous when God is blessing other people. Walk in love. Amen. Be quick to forgive. Be quick to connect with other saints in the house of God. Don't be a lone ranger all over the place. We have to come looking for you. Stay in the house, walking in love. Now, doesn't mean that in the church you will not get people stepping on your toes, people, you know, mistreating you. In fact, let me tell you, God will even make them step on your toes because character is not made when people tell you, oh, nice things. It is when they are mean and tough. That is how your character is built because of where you are going. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Let me give you an example. Joseph, his brothers were not nice to him. They sold him. They sold Joseph. But guess what? As they were selling him, thinking they're getting rid of him, they were actually positioning him in his place of destiny. Nobody can sabotage what God is doing in your life. Nobody is that powerful. I said, nobody is that powerful. To sabotage the plan of God for your life, no one is that powerful. God will make sure that he frustrates their intentions and position you in your place of prosperity. That is why Joseph, when, he, when the brothers come, what does he tell them? He tells them, you thought you were doing evil. What you did not realize is that God was using you guys so that I can be in the right place. So that when famine comes, I can be a deliverer for you, brothers. Can somebody say amen? The very people that frustrated you, you shall be their blesser. The very people that talked about you, you shall be the one call, call. You shall be the one lifting them up. Somebody say hallelujah. So walk in love. The first thing you have to do if you want to experience the anointing of God is that you must walk in love. You can't walk in offense. You can't be offended. Somebody talked to you in church and now you don't come to church. No. 
If somebody has offended you, that's what you need to come to church so you can deal with that offense to the point where somebody can step on your toes and you don't feel the offense because you've matured. Some of the things that used to bother me when I was a younger Christian, they don't bother me now. Why? Because I matured. But the moment you walk out, guess what? When you return, God is going to start you right there. You see, the, school, the classroom of God, you are not promoted because you grew a beard. You remember those kids in school, eh? They, they were so dumb that they started to grow a beard and they were only in class three. So the teachers would look at them and say, man, this guy, he's not catching it. Let's move him to standard five, even if he's not catching it because he's growing a beard in standard three. You remember those guys? God is not like that. If you stay there, standard three, you will grow beard and get white hair. But if you don't learn the lesson, God is going to keep you there. So learn the lesson quick because he has something greater and he has something better for you. Can somebody say amen? So touch and never tell about you better love me. You, you better love me. You better love me. You better love me. You better love me. Number two, you must walk in purity and holiness. Amen. <laughs> you must walk in holiness and purity. The Bible says in the book of Ecclesiastes chapter 10 and verse 1, it says dead flies causes the ointment of apothecary. To send forth a stinking savor, so that a little folly, a little folly, him that is in reputation for honor, uh, a reputation for an honor. Dead flies causes the ointment of apothecary to send forth a stinking savor. Mm. When you are anointed, dead flies will cause that oil to start stinking. The Bible says in the book of Psalms 45 and verse 6 and 7, Thy throne, O God, is forever and ever. The scepter of thy kingdom is the right scepter. And then he says, Thou loveth righteousness and hatest iniquity. Therefore God, thy God, has anointed thee with oil above your fellows. You, if you want to be anointed with oil above your fellows, learn how to walk in purity and refuse to compromise. Can somebody say Amen. I say refuse to compromise. Be a man and a woman of integrity. If you tell somebody, I'm giving you 10,000, let it be, let your word be your bond. And then number three, develop a consistent prayer life. The anointing answers to prayer. The anointing is in the matrix of prayer. You must develop a consistent prayer life. Pursue God with everything in you. Pursue God in everything in you. Have a strong desire for God to use you on a higher level. Amen. Number four is that you, must, you receive the anointing by contact. You receive anointing by contact. You access the anointing by impartation. It's, it's, it, you, are, it, you, know, you receive anointing by impartation. Now let me say something about the anointing, the transference of impartation. Impartation will never take place between two colleagues. No, it doesn't take place. If you are a colleague, you cannot, you cannot receive an impartation from your colleague. Impartation is only when you honor somebody who is higher than you. Because oil must flow down. I say oil must flow down. So if you look at somebody as a colleague on the same level, and there's nothing wrong with having colleagues on the same level, there will never be impartation from one colleague to another colleague. You can encourage each other, you can sharpen each other, you can bless each other, but you are not able to impart. The Bible says in the book of Hebrews chapter 7 and verse 7, it says, without all contradiction, the less is blessed of the greater. 
So you must be able to position yourself as lesser to be able to receive an impartation. This morning I was sharing with pastors about how my spiritual authority, my spiritual mom, who is a lady, and there was a lot of stories about that, questions about that. She received impartation from Pastor Reinhard Bonke. And she received that anointing for evangelism from Pastor Bonke. That was her spiritual father. And ladies and gentlemen, God poured that oil on her. That we used to do meetings in one of the biggest stadiums in, in Nairobi for 100,000 people. And we did it every month for 14 years. For 14 years. Somebody say amen. It was, it was amazing. Somebody say hallelujah. Now listen to me. There, there, there has to be a release of impartation. But it has to come from the, the people who are on top of you. And that is why when, when God wanted to anoint and to give the grace or the grace on Moses, on the 72 elders, he told him, appoint elders and bring them. These are elders who are below him. And the Bible says, God told him, I will take your spirit and I will put it on these guys. I will put it on them. Now, amazingly, is that God did not say, I will take my spirit and put it on them. He said, I will take your spirit. Why? Because when I have anointed you, that anointing is enough to be able to function wherever you are in your sphere of influence. In fact, when you go to the Bible, Pastor Eric, only Aaron, the high priest, was anointed. His four sons were not anointed. Only Aaron was anointed. Only Aaron, read your Bible, only Aaron was anointed. The four sons were not. Why? Because if the father is anointed, that anointing is enough to take care of the house. Are you hearing what I'm saying? That anointing is enough in the name of Jesus. And today, as I finish this service, anointing is here. I say anointing is here. I say the anointing is here. Are you ready for the next level? I said, are you ready for the next level? Ladies and gentlemen, I came to stir you up because I'm not leaving you the same way I found you. I am ushering you to another place of divine destiny. And as we come to the place of prayer, get ready for something to drop in your heart. Get something to drop in your spirit. The Bible says how God anointed Jesus with the Holy Ghost and power who went about doing good and healing all those, all those who are oppressed. I love that scripture because it says how God anointed Jesus Christ of Nazareth Every time you see the Bible referring to Jesus Christ of Nazareth, actually it says Jesus of Nazareth, not Jesus Christ. It says Jesus of Nazareth. Give me Acts 10 38. Let's look at it. Let's look at it. Give me, look, uh, uh, give me Acts 10 38 so that you can be able to understand what I'm talking about. The Acts 10 38, it says, How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth. When Jesus of Nazareth was anointed, guess what? His Christ, his Christ nature, which means the anointed one, was able to function and to flow because of the anointing on Jesus. <laughs> because there's a place where God anoints you and that which he has already put within you begins to come up and to rise up so that you can be able to impact a generation. What am I saying? The gift and the equipping and the talents and the abilities that you need to shift the generation to the next level is already within you. Today we are just praying over you so that you can receive the grace to stir up what God has already given you. The, the grace, the, the talents, the abilities are already within you. You have what it takes to make money. You have what it takes for to go into places in the marketplace and great, do great things for God. And guess what? They are already within you. Can somebody say amen? Yeah. 
You see, uh, Brother Emmy Toussaint today, he, he just didn't get the gift today. Or he got the gift when he started to be in church. Before he was ever born, the gift was already equipped and loaded in him. What he needed is an anointing. So that now when he sings, he doesn't sing just like a heathen. He sings under the anointing. And something begins to move in your spirit that you cannot be able to explain. Because the man is anointed. As you go into the marketplace, oh my goodness, I don't know who I'm talking to. Wherever God has put an assignment for you to do, you shall do that assignment with the anointing. If you are a teacher, you shall be anointed. I say, if you are a lawyer, you shall be anointed. Where are my people at? Grab, stand up on your feet, look at somebody and tell them, I'm anointed. Ah, you are anointed. God is going to pour his spirit upon you. Wherever you go, you shall do great things for God. Raise your hand and shout amen. I say, raise your hand and shout amen. Wherever you find yourself, you shall be anointed. Do you know where you're supposed to be? Do you know where you're supposed to be? I'm asking a question. Do you know where you're supposed to be? Do you know what you're supposed to be doing for God? It's a question. Do you? I'm asking, do you? Do you know? Hello, do you know? Are you still here? It is not a trick question. It's just a very simple question. Do you know what you're supposed to be doing for God in the kingdom? Yes or no? Yeah, everyone should know. Hallelujah. Some of you are in the entertainment. Some of you are in fashion. Some of you are called into teaching. Somebody say amen. amen. Some of you are called to be lawyers in governance, in politics. Somebody say amen. amen. It's amazing, Pastor Eric. Everybody remains standing. My daughter, Vanessa, the firstborn, she told me that she's been called into governance when she was a very small girl. And she told me, I'm called into politics. And one day, I'm going to get into politics. I told her, hey, my daughter, you've seen that? She said, yeah. And she insisted. So I said, OK. She went to school. She did two law degrees, bachelor's and master's. She worked in Australia, in the government of Australia. <laughs> she was employed. She was making so much money. I tell you, she told me how much money she was making in that place. I said, you make more money than me. But guess what? She said, I was called to come back to Africa and make a difference. Uh, to make a difference. So she learned from the Australian government what she needs to do in our nation. Now she's come back to our nation, and very soon, you shall see a lady who looks like me on CNN. And you shall know that is my daughter who is fixing things in Africa. Are you hearing what I'm saying? I say, are you hearing what I'm saying? And so God is positioning his people to a place of influence. Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. So that we can bring a social transformation. We can bring a reformation. And we can bring a revolution. Somebody say amen. amen. I told you the days of Africa being a reproach, those days are over. Amen. Church of Jesus, please grab a hold of this. Those days are over. God shall raise you and put you in a place where you shall be a man and a woman of influence. Hallelujah. Somebody say amen. amen. So we thank God for having church and all the wonderful things we do in church and everything. It's beautiful. I love church and I want us to continue. But after you are through church, when you go there Monday to Saturday, you shall be such a light for the kingdom and God shall use you in a great way. Can somebody say amen? You know, 
uh, church, and I want, to, I want us to pray. Listen to me. God never intended for our worship to end on Sunday when we walk out. Our work is supposed to be our worship. How we treat other people is supposed to be our worship. But we are supposed to come into church so that we can receive a download. So that we can really go out there and worship God with our work. Worship God in whatever God has called us to do. That's why only 3% of, of us are called to the pulpit. 97% of the church has been called out there to go and bring the kingdom of God into manifestation. Somebody say amen. amen. And that is our assignment. Our assignment as your apostolic leaders and the prophetic voices of your life is to be able to speak you into your place of destiny and then release you to go out there and bring a change so that we can, as Africa, we can break the reproach that has plagued us for many years. I told you in our lifetime, we shall see Americans queuing at Ghanaian embassy, queuing at Kenyan embassy to get a visa. Somebody say amen. But you must be persuaded. Are you persuaded about it? I said, are you persuaded about it? Can somebody say amen? You are going to be so anointed that you shall be able to go out there. You shall come with checks of a million CDs. Hey, hallelujah. A million CDs for the building of the next church. Amen. Somebody say amen. Are you getting it? I say, are you getting it? Somebody say, I'm getting it. And I'm anointed. Hallelujah. We're going to pray right now. We're going to pray right now. And as we pray, I am going to ask God, together with your pastor, together with the men of God, that you